you can listen to The Front on your smart speaker every morning. To hear the latest episode, just say, play the news from The Australian. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Claire Harvey. It's Tuesday, March 7. Australian universities are training Chinese students in hacking, even as security agencies warn threats of cyber warfare from Beijing are escalating. Dozens of Australian institutions have partnered with Chinese unis to teach cybersecurity courses with skills experts say could be used to attack sensitive targets here. Federal crossbench MPs are fundraising to employ extra staff in their offices. That comes as Teal Independent Monique Ryan awaits a federal court decision due today on her dispute with former Chief of Staff Sally Rugg. Ryan and the rest of the crossbenchers had their staff cut from four to one by Anthony Albanese, and Rugg has claimed, in her attempt to keep her job, that she came under immense pressure to work overtime. He's the creator of multi-award-winning musical Hamilton. And Lin-Manuel Miranda has come to Australia to see the show that went on, in spite of the coronavirus pandemic. There was a moment during the global pandemic when Australia was the only company of Hamilton running in the world. And, and that was a real beacon of hope to our actors and our other companies that theatre would come back and we would be able to one day hopefully put on the show again. In today's episode, how Miranda brought Alexander Hamilton to life through hip-hop and why he was starstruck by the creators of Bluey. Last year, something strange happened to a stack of American kids. They became obsessed with bin night. Of course, Australians know that's putting the rubbish out for collection once a week. In the US, it's not really a thing. In big cities, rubbish is collected daily and elsewhere there are bears and blizzards and all sorts of other reasons why taking out the trash is not a weekly ritual. So how did this very Australian phenomenon take off stateside? Of course, Bluey. Hi, Doreen. Hi. Ooh, your bin's full. Mr Crow will be coming tomorrow. Yeah, Mr Crow. American parents aired their bewilderment on TikTok. I'm sorry, but who else's American child is out here speaking in an Australian accent? And now every Wednesday, I have to get the tiny human up extra early so she can take out the bins with me. And Australians celebrated the turning of the tables. We spend our childhoods watching American cartoons, TV series and movies. So it's rare to see our own way of life reflected on screen, much less on the other side of the world. So it was a full circle moment when Bluey's creators came face to face with American writer and director Lin-Manuel Miranda in Brisbane last week. I mean, it's like a charming two-storey house where they just make this magic TV show that somehow parents and kids both love, which is, listen... I'm a parent of two boys. I've sat through a lot of shitty kids' television, and some of it great. But the great stuff really stands out when, when you've got the whole family sitting and watching it together. That's it's really rare. 
That's Lin-Manuel Miranda talking to our music writer, Andrew McMillan. He's already had a cameo in Bluey as a horse. Horses have long necks. We sure do. Hooray! Thanks, Major Tom. No worries. Lin-Manuel's boys are five and nine, I believe, and they started watching Bluey in the States during the pandemic when their boys were the same age as the two girls in Bluey. He and his wife felt a strong connection to a lot of the storylines and the play and the um, way in which the characters in that show approach parenting. So it resonated strongly with him from a distance. Yeah, I noticed he said on Instagram after his visit to the studio that he was floating like a balloon in Keepy Uppy, which is a, a real bluey in joke, isn't it? Well, I've got a game for you. Is it Keepy Uppy? Yeah, it's Keepy Uppy. What's Keepy Uppy? You have to keep the balloon in the air and can't let it touch the ground. You ready? Yeah. Okay, go! (laughs) He was particularly impressed by the music by a Brisbane composer called Joff Bush, who I asked him about, and he had very kind words to say as well, which, knowing Joff a little bit, having interviewed him previously, I know how seriously that guy takes music, so he'll be pretty chuffed to hear what Lin-Manuel has to say about how he uses music in that show. When screens are not allowed in our house, we'll put on the Bluey soundtrack. And so the music in it is part of what makes it so extraordinary, whether it is a deconstructed version of Old MacDonald Had a Farm or it is this insane orchestral music for their dreams in a Dreamscape episode. I mean, what what Joff has done that's so kind of incredible is he just matches. I mean, your job is to meet the moment and he meets the moment beautifully. Miranda is a global superstar in his own right, and he knows a thing or two about international appeal. He wrote the music and lyrics for mammoth Disney musicals Moana and Encanto. Lin-Manuel Miranda's most famous for the musical Hamilton, a show that's won every award imaginable, multiple Tonys, a Grammy and a Pulitzer Prize. It tells the story of founding father Alexander Hamilton through song and rap. Alexander Hamilton My name is Alexander Hamilton And there's a million things I haven't done But just you wait, just you wait In the same way Bin Knight shouldn't really hold much significance for American kids, it seems strange that this comparatively niche sliver of American history would appeal to Australians. And yet, we've been flocking to see it in theatres around the country since early 2021. This is the third time that Hamilton has played in Australia. There was Sydney and then Melbourne, and Brisbane's the last one. But he did make a promise during the pandemic that he would come to visit the local company at some point. So um, the show ends in a few weeks' time here in Brisbane, so he wanted to make sure that he could come and say day. And um, perhaps the dramatist in him wanted to bask in a bit of his glory as well. They have been such excellent stewards of the show for a couple of years now. And there was that moment where they were the only game in town. Because of the effectiveness with which Australia quarantined, there was a moment where Hamilton Australia was the only production of Hamilton playing anywhere in the world. And at a time when we didn't know if we'd ever go back to normal, that was our glimmer of hope. I'm really just here as a thank you and, 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 and wanting to see them in person because I remember everyone's audition videos and I remember casting this show, which we did mid-pandemic. Just like everywhere else Hamilton has been performed, the majority of cast and crew are locals. 
Here's Andrew McMillan. Diversity is a big deal for him and it, it wasn't a case of shipping American actors around the world to tell this very American story. He really wanted local companies and local cast, A, to get jobs and B, to hold true to the show's meaning and it's really an immigrant story about what immigrants can do for their adopted country. So it makes sense that he has been so vocal and supportive of employing local actors to do the jobs that he and his crew first did it off-Broadway first and then on-Broadway in 2015. It is very much an American story. In fact, it's a very unlikely story for a musical, the founding father of the United States, but not one of the most glamorous or well-known ones. Why has it been so successful? A lot of that success comes down to the way that Lin-Manuel envisaged the story and adopted it almost entirely as a hip-hop-centric musical, which is a rare thing to do. And he said previously in interviews that while reading this biography of Alexander Hamilton, while on holiday from another Broadway performance, he got about two chapters into this 800-page biography of Alexander Hamilton and realised this guy is one of the most hip-hop characters he's ever come across. He could start seeing the dimensions and the scope of how this could be told through the lens of hip-hop in particular. So that comes down to Lin-Manuel's very clever brain and the way that he perceived this kind of dry, historical, somewhat, you could say, dull subject and its cast of characters. But in his mind, it became this vibrant, pulsating, lyrical, rhythmical thing, which has captivated audiences of millions around the world now. So, does the smash hit musical live up to the hype? I've been aware of Hamilton for many years, but because I hadn't written anything about it, I had purposely avoided all mentions of it. So I saw it a few nights ago and was blown away, really. I mean, I'm a hip-hop fan, and it's a very fast-spoken, fast-delivered narrative. And just the way in which the story unfolds bit by bit creates tension, releases tension, and the kind of recurring musical themes and character and stories that come through. I'm the 100 millionth person on the planet to say this, but it really is a masterpiece, and it was such a thrill to see it done here in Brisbane by its local cast. Coming up, Lin-Manuel Miranda's hip-hop heritage and what he's doing next. Troubled young woman, her evil parents. We never had any issues between us. Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find one of these allegations that's possible. Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts. In yet another twist in the midnight phenomenon, Aussie kids are rapping the lyrics to Hamilton in classrooms and at Christmas concerts. They might not yet understand the significance of Lin-Manuel Miranda's choice to tell a founding father's story through hip-hop, but just about anyone can understand that the show is also an ode to the genre he loves. Knowing that he is such a hip-hop head. I was keen to know if he had made connections with some of those major artists who had inspired him through his life. And he said that early on, Buster Rhymes came and saw the show. Lin-Manuel could clearly see him and could hear his distinctive laugh from the audience. At that time, in 2008, like, 
the theater community and the hip hop, it was like a Venn diagram where the circles don't meet. Mm -hmm. And the show is such a love letter to hip hop in 50 different ways that I really wanted the folks that I admire to, to come see it. So I, I think the first hip hop artist who came to the show was actually Busta Rhymes and he sat in the front row at the Newman. Mm -hmm. So I could, I mean, he was as far as you are from me right now. And I remember just thinking like, well, if he doesn't like it, like, just shut it down. <laughs> like, we'll just quietly put all this away. Um, but then his reactions were so vocal. He became one of the earliest champions of the show. I remember do doing the rap battles and him hearing him be like, wow, oh, you know, that voice you can't confuse with any other voice on earth. Yeah. Um, and so little by little, the community kind of, you know, the word spreading. And um, that's been extraordinary. It's kind of pleasing to hear that someone who is more of the theatre world can bridge that gap to attract and befriend some of the world's leading hip-hop artists in that way. He's said many times in previous interviews that it will always be the first line of his obituary when he dies, that he is the creator of Hamilton. So he's very proud of the work that he put into this musical and the way that it's connected so strongly with people around the world. But he's also a restless creative mind. As he mentioned during our interview, he's working on several different projects at home currently, including an upcoming musical, which he has only just begun working on, but knowing his track record, it could be another smash hit. We're all doing new works, and sometimes we're together and sometimes we're not, but then we all still time travel to this moment when we made this together. And hmm. every time the show is mounted, it's it's a celebration of that collaboration. Andrew McMillan is a music writer with The Australian. It's the first Tuesday of the month, and if you've got a mortgage, you know what that means. The Reserve Bank Board releases its latest decision on the target cash rate, which is currently at 3.35%. It's widely expected to be a 10th consecutive rise at 2.30pm today, maybe as high as 3.6%. You can be the first to know at theaustralian.com.au. I'm Sarah Lamarquin, Editor-in-Chief of Stella and host of our podcast called Something to Talk About. Every weekend we publish a new episode where you'll hear compelling personalities, strong opinions and thought-provoking conversations. I wanted to be able to do it in my time when I was ready and speak my truth when I was ready. The topic of when do I become a mum, that is in my mind 24-7. Search for Something to Talk About wherever you listen to your podcasts.